Welcome to the Godcasts. Well, hi there, everyone, and welcome back to um, this pilgrim's journey. Thank you so much to those of you who are joining us for this, uh, for sticking with it, because I think at some point uh, one of us will say something worth listening to. We're waiting for that, I know, um, from one of us, but uh, it's good to have you with us as we support Dave um, through through this journey. Um, so, Dave, today we're at... CERN Abbas, or I will be by the end of the day. That was the builder. <clears throat> ah. Yeah. The, um, one of the things that you said right at the start is that the journey was sort of mapped out. Mm-hmm. that you had an idea of where you wanted to, to head, where you wanted to go. Um, and this was one of the times you found out that something had gone wrong, that you weren't going to be able to do. Um, that you know, one of the many occasions where your planning was just a mess. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'd, I'd planned this route from start to finish, my, my overnight stays. I'd emailed people, had confirmation from them that, they would provide hospitality so when I set off in my mind that was all that was all sorted already I've you know I've shared with you some things that didn't quite work out like ferry journeys and things like that um what I Mm. hoped not to encounter was was finding that hospitality that had been offered was no longer available and it happened twice um Mm once because well on this occasion I, I what I did at the beginning of, of each week was just send out emails to just confirm that, that everything was still okay and say this is what time I expect to be with you where shall I meet you and so on this Monday I got the um, email to say that my Saturday night stopover at the end of week four wasn't wasn't gonna happen um, <clears throat> It was, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was disappointing. What was more disappointing was that mm. they'd known for some time that it wasn't going to be possible, but no one had actually let me know. And and it was only when I emailed and said, see you on Saturday, mm. that they said, oh, no, that's not possible. We've, we're not allowed to do it. Mm. Um, and, and things happen. I get that. I just wanted it. A lot of people, when they heard they were going to do this journey, uh, I think, you know, a very big response from some people was, no, he isn't. Yes, of course you can come stay when you do your walk, because you're never going to do this. (laughs) People who know you now, people who... (laughs) Yes, John, yes. It's just a question, it's just just a wondering. Sorry, you were saying they'd known for a while, I hadn't let you know. Yeah, and that, that was, I mean, <clears throat> one of my questions when I set out on my pilgrimage was, what does hospitality look like in the 21st century in the church? Mm. How reliable it, it, is it? And what does it feel like when it doesn't materialise? <clears throat> and it made me made me think a mm. lot about um, the fact that church, often big church, global church and also local church often promises more than it delivers um and that's very different to saying Mm. god promises more than he delivers because god always delivers what he promises but i think Mm. often um Mm. church 
sort of makes promises that it can't fulfill or forgets that it's made or sort of commits mm. itself mm. to something that then it can't actually sustain and and that mm. that is a big thing for people that are not yet christians not part of the church community um mm. because mm. you know when we make promises ultimately we're making them in the name of god as god's people and mm. and so it's not that god's let people down but we've let god down when we when we fall short when we make commitments that just don't come through and i think we're just we're, we're just bad mm. at that sort of thing as church um you know we mm. represent mm. god in our communities and when we don't come up to scratch i mean you know some of the big things that have happened um and uh, i was reflecting uh, recently on um on the visit of the pope to canada at the moment and um you know he's made this mm. apology on behalf of the catholic church in canada for some mm. dreadful things that were done mm. you know at the time the church promised to look after mm. the youngsters and it some dreadful things happened and mm. got mm. that scale but locally we can do it mm. we, we promise all sorts of things and they just don't happen yeah I think, you know, one of the challenges is, you know, we, like you say, we, we represent God. So we, we literally try to represent God. Um, and so when we do uh, advertise services, events, um, opportunities, ministries, uh, we're effectively making a promise, aren't we, mm -hmm. to our community uh, that we'll be here in a certain way, that we'll bring something. Um, the Bible talks about letting our yes be yes and our no be no, that we shouldn't need to swear by anything else and people shouldn't um, ask us to do that because they're so used to when you say you're going to do something, it's as good as your word. And when you say you're not going to do something, uh, again, it's as good as your word. Um, and, and we seem to have lost that um, integrity of witness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can remember a couple of times involved in youth work in, in churches that um, so in Swayze we were we wanted to start a youth group as a response to some needs that we'd seen in the community and um, getting getting the idea the idea through for some people was was a bit of a challenge and I can remember saying to the leadership team at the time, if we start this, if, if we start this happening on a Friday night, two things have to happen is we don't just swap it out for something else that we want to do on a Friday. We don't sort of start this and we've done it and then because we want to have a fellowship meeting, we just tell the kids that their meeting's cancelled. And also when we start, we have to commit to it for several months, even if nobody turns up, mm. we have to commit to it. Mm. <clears throat> and that I think mm. is because we're not alone in, in being bad at keeping promises. It's not just the church that's bad at this. It's true in society. No. I think a lot of youngsters don't believe people because they've had so many promises of things that just mm. don't happen. It takes them a long time to trust. And so when we yeah. started yeah. that youth group, I said, we even if no one turns up for the first couple of weeks, we keep going, we keep going 
until they realize yeah. that we are here yeah. and, that, and that we're you know they've got to find that confidence yeah. Yeah. i think sometimes in church you can, we can sort of stumble yeah. into this yeah. thing where we we think we're, we'll try something out and after a couple of weeks no one turned up so we'll just stop and that's it we've we've given up on it yeah. and often yeah. people are only just hearing about it yeah. and and those things they don't sound like promises yeah they are yeah, yeah. We're inviting people to things and saying yeah. to provide yeah. things. So I think we have to be yeah. much, much more careful. And I think the other side of that is, um, yeah, I think the communities generally are aware <clears throat> that a lot of things that churches are doing are being run by volunteers mm -hmm. uh, at their own expense, in their own time, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Et um, and so when when you deliver something that you've promised to do. Uh, and it is better than expected, and it is better than other services. It's not about competing, uh, but that represents something of a deep, a deeper offering, a deeper mm -hmm. service that you're bringing. Uh, there's an opportunity to demonstrate the kingdom, uh, the way of Jesus in, in those things. Um, and that is incredibly powerful when people see it. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we, we represent a God of promise. God of promises, a God who fulfilled his promise to us at the most costly way, mm. in, in the most costly way. Um, mm. we're, not, we're not always good mm. at counting the cost of the promises we make. You know, the, the commitment, the time, mm. the, the cost for phys you know, physically and financially. We can, we can easily make promises or mm. buy things out and um, and we have to we have to stick to things, <clears throat> and we should always do our best as well. Mm. I, I really am not a fan of NAF Church, mm. and I've encountered NAF Church mm. too often. You know, we, we, NAF we Church. That's in that's in Somerset, isn't it? <laughs> yes, John. It's in Somerset. Yeah. It's just my turn to insult the whole. <laughs> In Wales, we have Taft Church. Um, yeah. You know what I mean, though, about no, about church that we, we we offer things, and we we don't want to put too much commitment in in them in case they don't work or no one comes. So we do them sort of half-heartedly, uh, just to sort of test the water a mm. bit, rather than absolutely throwing everything at it. You know, our God throws everything at it yes at our salvation it's not a half-hearted mm. oh would you like to think about mm. salvation and yet too often we we do half-hearted church and outreach and mission and engagement mm. when we get a half-hearted response we are disappointed mm. and we give up oh well nobody was interested because we don't really put our hearts fully into it mm. Mm. we promise god to to seek to live yeah, like Jesus, yeah. to seek to, to bring his kingdom to earth. And we think that happens by just sort of, mm. we'll have a go. And I, I wonder if um, that can certainly apply to the things that the church organises and runs and advertises, etc, etc. Uh, but like you're saying, I think it, it can also apply to the vision we have for our own discipleship. Uh, this idea that I'll just become more like Jesus, sort of, by default, if I just keep going along on a Sunday. Um, yeah. And we can lack that sense of 
the most important thing I do with my life is follow Jesus. Yeah. And so if I do nothing else with my career, um, you know, my house, all those kind of things, but I'm more like Jesus. But when the time comes for me to leave this, mm. leave this earth, uh, then I, you know, that's a successful, that's a purposeful life. Um, yeah, it won't yeah. surprise you to know that I've probably bored church people senseless with not not in general, but with. Um, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. With oh, so you weren't finished. <laughs> this term um, that's been at the heart of my ministry really for many years, uh, deliberate discipleship. And it's something I've preached on mm. a lot mm. and I've talked on a lot. <clears throat> and it's something that I've invited you to mm. discuss with me and others as part of the, the Godcasts. And by deliberate discipleship, I mean mm. Mm. exactly the opposite to accidental Christianity. This idea that if I turn up at church yes. on Sunday, I can sing the songs, I'll shake the hands with the vicar, and that will get me through the rest of the week until I do mm. this thing. I don't have to do anything else. It, it'll mm. just sort of mm. accidentally happen, and mm. I'm a Christian. And deliberate discipleship for me is about mm. that determined, purposeful, daily, deliberate choice to say, today I choose mm. to live like Jesus. Um, and, mm. and that is something we have to sort of yeah. into yeah. our lives and build into the way we do church. Um, and and it's I found it a struggle mm. to to sometimes to make that work in my own life, but to to find a positive response all the time from Christians. When when you talk about deliberate discipleship, or you talk about accident or Christianity, they can be offended because you're implying that they're not proper Christians, which mm. is not mm. what I'm saying. What I'm saying is mm. we need to try harder, or we need to try, not just hope it's going to wash over us. Mm. <coughs> we um, Years ago we had someone come and sing at one of our um, 2030s events, um, and one of the songs they sang uh, was about making the most of what Jesus has done and making the most of the Spirit, you know, the, the work of mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. Um, and that, that stuck with a lot of us in terms of getting out of accidental Christianity. It's not, you know, not, not saying that people don't believe or people don't trust or people don't love, but are we trying to make the most now? Since, since mm -hmm. the door is open, since there is a new and living way, uh, yeah, are we gonna are we gonna go at this? Are we gonna run at it? Uh, and the phrase "accidental Christianity" I like a lot, and I think it reminds me of. Um, somebody a few years ago was writing about sort of practical atheism. Uh, the fact that we can say that we believe, but if you look at our choices, our behaviour, our lifestyle, um, we're not demonstrating that belief. Um, and so in every sort of practical way, there's a, there's a sense of, you know, we're an atheist at work. You know, we're an, an atheist when it comes to um, our kids or, or, or whatever it is. Um, and the only way out of that is a very intentional, deliberate, um, and I think accountable journey. Yeah, yeah, and accountable is a good, um, a good word there. I think to make deliberate discipleship work, we have to be accountable to each other, to ourselves, and and that's what church is about. Church family. It's about coming together, putting yourself in a place where people can help you be accountable to what it is you've promised God, what it is you've said you're committed to. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's hardly anyone, is there, in the Bible that God, you know, turns up in their life and promises them something or calls them to do something or, or invites them into something new and then says, but don't tell anybody about this. <laughs> this is just going to be between you and me. Uh, in fact, it probably won't even get into the Bible. It's that holy. It's that, you know, there is a sense of togetherness in it and we need that. And, and also people, you know, the Bible tells us about people that believed in the promise and and responded mm. and sometimes it's like we've heard the promise that god's made us and we kind of believe it but we're not really going to put any effort into into getting there or, or it being achieved in us we'll just mm. it'll just happen um mm. and that again i suppose is a bit you know we talked about expectation and accepting it's almost like, well, God said it's all going to be okay, so I don't really need to do anything else. I'll just leave it all up to God because he's promised it's going to work out and I'll just get on and do things. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I like when um, when Paul's writing and he, he borrows a lot of um, imagery from uh, the Olympics or athletes and he's like, you know, basically saying, run your face like you would run a race, a train, work hard, um, go at this thing, you know, give give it all you've got, you know, don't just fall over the line, but, you know, mm. crash, go crashing over it. Um, and the, the, the way in which people often choose to train is to join park run uh, or to join a gym. Uh, now, they don't have to do those things. You can go running on your own, and some people do that. But the fact that you're part of a group now that's doing it, and if I'm not there one session or one week, people are going to know and I'll be missed. Is actually, I think, a good picture of the Christian life that it's very often you know, we decide things between me and God, but I won't tell anyone because if it doesn't happen or if I don't do it, nobody else will have to know about it. Um, but if, if we're serious about change, it does mean opening that up to somebody, saying, I'm going to go after this, I'm going to be praying for this, I'm going to be changing this, with God's help, with God's spirit. Um, but I want you to pray for me. I want you to run with me in this as well. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, it, it makes me think a little bit about people that make a commitment to something in their lives to change, whether they've had an alcohol problem in the past or they're trying to give up smoking or they're trying to lose weight or, or something like that, where they will join a club or a group that will give them support mm. they can go and they mm. can be honest about where they've they failed this week where they get encouragement where they mm. where they are not held aggressively accountable but there are people there who can who can who they know have got their backs as you say if they don't turn up someone will notice and yet we join church mm. and then we don't tell anybody about what's going on in our lives we keep it secret we don't want people to know that we've got struggles or that, that there may be something that we're struggling at at home or at work or with the kids. We don't we don't share those things well with each other. So you know something significant. We we can sit there and all nod our heads and sort of look around and think, well, that must be for somebody else. That I'm obviously not speaking to my situation today. If it is, I'm not going to tell anybody. And, and I think part of what feeds that um, is generally in church life, um, if people are attending, 
if people keep coming regularly, you know, they're, they're seen as the faithful, they're seen as the good Christian people. Uh, we don't tend to worry too much until people drift away from that, mm-hmm. um, which implies to people that spiritual growth, success, uh, change is about uh, just attending. <clears throat> people could have been attending a long time and have had some of those issues that you've just described and more, greed, gambling, um, abuse within relationships, all, all kinds of things. But we don't worry about it because they're there, because they keep coming. Mm. Um, and that might be feeding into this, as long as we keep going, <laughs> we'll somehow absorb the character of Christ um, accidentally um, and we'll somehow stumble into greater freedom in Christ. Um, because nobody seems to be bothered, nobody seems to be worried about these things, nobody's asking me, uh, nobody's challenging me. Uh, and actually, because challenge doesn't have to, it says, doesn't have to be aggressive. Um, but I think we, we, we can set the level of expectation really low um, by just hoping that people keep coming. Yeah, and, and linked to that, I suppose, is this, this problem where we, we sort of adopt this idea that if you're coming to church, you're fixed. We were once broken, but the fact that you come to church mm. must mean that you're fixed now. So somehow church is full of healthy Christians, mm. but we're not. It, church is full of people who are still broken and in no. the process of being fixed. And mm. God is working on us. Um, and mm. yeah, yeah, we don't... Mm. How many times can I count on, on my fingers the amount of times that people have come along to a prayer group or a meeting and honestly poured out some problems that they've got going in their lives mm. that they're struggling with that it's not a regular occurrence mm. at all now is that is that our fault mm. in leadership mm. because we don't invite it or we don't provide the space something something's not right about mm. the model of church that, that I think mm. is, is dominant in this country and maybe across the world that just invites people in that's good you're safe now we can go and look at somebody else i'm, I'm quite conscious we sometimes make some very sweeping statements about church globally here but um... you do yes um i'm aware that that is something that you you often do yes it's true never you john no it's true it's, it's quite remarkable isn't it that the humility is amazing. It's incredible. I wonder at it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's all accidental. It's not that it just happens to me. It's a strange. Yeah. Uh, no, you are right. And I think um, you know, one of the things that's worth saying is all the things that I'm saying about um, wanting to change the culture of the church. I'm, I'm saying to myself, you know, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, um, it, it's like you say. It's not about us standing here wagging the finger at um, the way other churches or the churches is run. Um, yeah, I'm struck by. Remember that um, G G K Chesterton quote when they asked a whole bunch of people to write into a newspaper and answer the question, "What's wrong with the world?" And he just wrote back and said, "I am." <laughs> and it's true, isn't it? That you know, it's the um, we're part of the system. Yeah, we're part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and in you know honestly, as I reflect and as I talk about these things, 
my reflections are born out of my experiences in the churches that I've been a part of or I've been in leadership in. So they're not a judgment about other people in particular. They're, they are born out of things I've experienced. And so they are, I am pointing the finger at, well, at you a lot, but at me as well. So. Yes, and um, you know, many people have been in touch to see if I'm okay. And um, it's just it's something I've got used to over the years. Um, yeah, from you specifically. Good. So we'll do some more of this tomorrow. Uh, so we were in... Cern Abbas. Yeah, we've, we, we've been in Abbas. So now we're going to Milton Abbas. Yes. That's not where Milton Jones lives. It's not. Uh, it's not. Is it no. where Abba from? Oh, no, no. <clears throat> it's one of those tricky ones because my mouth wants to say Abbey because I've started saying it and it's a place. And I've quickly got to switch it at the end. Good. Fabulous. I'll see you tomorrow then. Okay, all right. We should see you there tomorrow. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening to the Godcasts. Mm-hmm.